This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, a two-part feature on a simple device that can address a long-standing issue in Canada. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association comments on a pilot project being developed in Alberta for cow-calf producers. And what's everyone in the ag sector doing this Valentine's Day? I had the chance to speak to a few people about what their plans are for today. I know I certainly have some plans for later today with the missus. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag today on 620 CKRM. Off the top is part one of the two-part feature of a simple device that, again, can address a long-standing issue here on the prairies. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. To fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. Wild pigs have been an issue in Canada over the last 25 years, but a simple-looking trap may be part of the solution to the problem called the pig brig. It's a big net that is 20 feet in diameter, which can be set up by one person in about an hour. To catch them, a pig simply walks underneath the mesh, and once they're in, there is no way out. It's also portable, so it can fit into a backpack if needed. Aaron Summerall is the Director of Outreach, Education, and Research at Pig Brig, the U.S. company that makes the traps of the same name. The saying goes, necessity is the mother of invention, and that was the case for the pig brig. Summerall explained the system was inspired by an ongoing project in Guam, where they were tasked with removing non-native wild boars from the area. The Early on, the way we were doing that is to airlift traps, prefabricated metal traps, into the jungle because there were no, no roads that exist there. Uh, so the airlifting was... was somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 or so thousand dollars a month and we looked for other ways other avenues that we could be more efficient with that and the other things that was there is that in using those prefab metal panels the only i guess option that you had to erect those traps was to use the existing trees the existing vegetation the reason for that is in guam to drive a post or to dig a post hole is illegal because of unexploded ordnance still remaining from world war ii so we had to find something that we could adapt to the existing environment to make sure that it conformed to the ground, that it was easily backpackable, uh, portable, adapted to any ground slope, ground structure that we may face. And the obvious solution for that would be a net of some kind. So we started exploring options there. Got the net set in place, got everything up and in, in, in motion. And early on, we used a, a regular cell phone activated catch gate on the net systems uh, to, to be able to obviously catch the pigs when they went into the net. Well, the camera on the gate system was showing that the pigs were not going through the gate. They were going under the net. So we actually had to shut, we had to actually close the gate to keep the pigs in, not to close the gate to catch the pigs. 
so it was just a, a basically a, an epiphany moment there. It's like, well, then what do we even need the technology in the gate for? He noted the trap is widely used in the United States and is also gaining traction here in Canada. We have. We've got quite a few sales in Canada. There is a, there's actually an increasing interest in Canada. I was actually in Saskatchewan uh, back in November. I went to uh, I flew into Saskatoon and then um, was there for a couple of weeks there working with four of the different Canadian provinces. Where there were representatives there from British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba that are responsible for pig management in their respective provinces. So we had a, a prolonged training there because of the concerns that wild boar face or wild pigs face are, are imposing in Canada. And, uh, and at that point, there were already quite a few of the pig brick traps scattered throughout Canada. But now it seems like there's much more of a, uh, an interest that's moving forward uh, in Canada to make sure that they are on the, the cusp or on the front side of making sure that that pig problem is eradicated rather than trying to get to the capacities where we are in the south, where we just try to make sure that we just kind of hold it steady. We, we're, we're pretty much past the point of eradication here where Canada has the opportunity to, to maintain an eradication status. Since the first unit was sold in September of 2020, Summerall says the product is being used in 35 countries with about 7,000 units sold. It did come with its fair share of skepticism, though. We're the only patented net trap system on the planet. So a lot of the early skepticisms out there was just the fact that how is a net trap going to hold a pig as big as what I've got on my property? And so it, it took a little bit of convincing some I guess the right places, the right people to see the durability, the strength, and the ability to hold those pigs was there. And once that skepticism started to wane off uh, is when we, it, it just, it went so big so fast, we never anticipated that. After the break, we'll hear more from Summerall on the cost and if they're developing a similar model for other wildlife. You're listening to Saskag today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program, and we're back with Aaron Summerall with Pig Brig, showcasing a simple yet effective trap for wild pigs of the same name. It's gained plenty of attraction rather in 35 different countries around the world, including widespread use in America, and is gaining momentum here in Canada. The cost for one is a few thousand dollars, but Summerall says it's a worthwhile investment. Yeah, so whenever you look at the trap system, the, the materials that are there, the durability of the, the materials that are there, you know, you get the net, you get everything but the post. If you decide to use post to put the trap up, you provide those. We provide everything else. Um, the trap does come with a guaranteed warranty on there that we come that's, that, that comes from Pig Brig. And then you have the option, if you want to extend that warranty for a few dollars a year, you can even extend that warranty. The trap system is UV coated, um, so that it's going to stick with you for a long time, even if you leave it in the direct sunlight 365 days a year. We have also our own in-house customer support. We have our in-house trap support. Uh, we have all different sorts of services that come along with that trap so that we do not uh, farm those out. So whenever you call and you want to talk to somebody with Pig Brig, Pig Brig's going to be the one answering the phone, and we're not going to be transferring you all over. So you, you speak and you communicate directly with us. So, yeah, the, the trap systems that we have there is just two options, the same size, 20-foot diameter, and, uh, and you have the options of whether or not 
you want to have a trap cap on the trap, which is about an 18-inch net that goes around the top of the trap that, that basically eliminates the chances of a, of a pig ever trying to get out of the top. So you have the option of a trap cap, or you have the option without the trap cap. So uh, everything there, whenever you buy the system with the, the, the trap cap on it, is a $3,000 net. And what I tell people is if you got a $3,000 net there, then that one net is good for about three different locations. So the way that we use the net systems in the, in the states, and this is what we talked about whenever I was in Saskatchewan back in November, especially for those farmers that have multiple farms that are scattered out in different places around the area, is that instead of having to have a trap in every single location, if they have a trap location identified, as they're out there breaking ground or feeding cattle or doing whatever, and they see activity of pigs, it takes about 10 minutes to set that trap up, 10 to 15 minutes to set that trap up if they already have their post in place and things like that. So instead of having to have a trap in every location, with the portability of the, of the pig brig system, you can get to wherever you want to be in a very, very short period of time, and you don't have to shut down your agriculture operation in order to get a truck in a trailer to haul a, tra- a trap in. Uh, it can literally be in the floor of the cab of the tractor with you or in the floorboard of your truck, and uh, and you can slap that trap up in place in a few minutes and go on about taking care of the rest of your responsibilities that day. While the trap specializes in dealing with wild pigs, he notes they're in the research and development stage of similar traps for other animals. We get quite a few calls from all over the world that's asking us, I guess because of the confidence that they have and how well it works with pigs, if we've explored the opportunities of, of working with other species. And to be quite honest with you, the pig market is going so fast right now that, that yeah, we've got plans to uh, move into other species, but what we're going to do is make sure that we do it in a quality manner, uh, that, that we're not going to jump into another species before we've had time to actually put it in the field, test it, see what needs to be done, or if there's any modifications to that system. So to answer your question is yes, we're exploring other species that are out there. Uh, other thoughts that are out there, just like you said, with some of the fox, but others are, are um, could be birds in certain situations. It could be that the, the nets are deployed in, in airport locations, or it could be that they're using them in, in, uh, in marking efforts there where they've got to they ban birds and things like that. So, yeah, we're definitely exploring other species. More information about the pig brig can be found on their website. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today is Ag Review with Doug Falconer. He'll have today's ag headlines right after this. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers and Migraine Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Amendments to Bill C-234 will cost Canadian farmers nearly $90 million a year. That's according to a report by the Parliamentary Budget Officer, or PBO, released yesterday. The PBO provides independent economic and financial analysis to Canada's Parliament. Initially, the bill proposed to exempt fuels used in grain drying and barn and greenhouse heating from the price of carbon for eight years. The PBO projected farmers would have saved $115 million in carbon taxes by 2026 if this version had passed. 
The current heavily amended version will reduce those savings to $26 million. This doesn't include any carbon price rebates farmers might receive. The Senate amended the bill to remove exemptions for heating buildings and to reduce the bill's sunset clause to three years from eight. The original bill is again under debate in the House, where Conservative MP Ben Lobb put forward a motion that the bill be stripped of its amendments and returned to the Senate. The increasing demand for lentils, especially green lentils, is raising prices, while Canadian stocks are also tighter than they were a year ago. Markets farm analyst Mike Jubinville says due to reduced production in India and the elimination of tariffs on lentil imports going into the country, Canadian lentils are in greater demand. He says India is going to be tighter on supply and green lentils are very much oriented towards that, adding that prices for pigeon peas, which are often used as a lentil substitute, are currently on the rise. As of Monday, high delivered bids for Laird, Eston and Richley lentils in the prairies ranged from 58.5 to 76.5 cents per pound, up 4 to 7 cents per pound from the month before, and up 20.5 to 28 cents per pound from last year, according to Prairie Ag Hotwire. High delivered bids for crimson lentils ranged from 30 to 36 cents per pound, up 4 cents from last year, but between 1.5 cents lower to 2 cents higher from last month. Farm Credit Canada says the dairy sector seems set to stabilize in 2024 amidst high processor demand and leveling off input costs. Graham Crosby, a senior economist with the Ag Lender, named feed prices and availability, butter stocks, and retail demand and inflation as the top economic trends likely to impact the sector this year. He says feed availability and pricing will be the ultimate determinant of profitability in 2024. A large U.S. corn crop in 2023 lowered prices and put downward pressure on feed wheat and barley despite drought that limited production. Record imports of U.S. corn to Western Canada has continued to keep a lid on feed prices, though prices remain elevated. FCC forecasts feed costs to be lower in 2024, but trend higher throughout the year. Farms in the United States continue to get larger, and the number of farms fell between 2017 and 2022. That's according to new data released by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The Census of Agriculture, taken every five years, counts and details U.S. farms and is used to shape the nation's farm supplies. There were 1.9 million U.S. farms in 2022, down about 7% from 2.04 million in 2017. The number of acres of farmland also fell by about 20 million from 2017. The average farm size rose from 441 acres in 2017 to 463 acres in 2022. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack called the survey a wake-up call at an event at the USDA headquarters on Tuesday. Farm consolidation has been an ongoing concern of the USDA. The number of U.S. farms has been in steady decline for several decades. Indian security forces fired tear gas at protesting farmers for a second day today to stop tens of thousands from marching to the capital, New Delhi, to demand higher prices for their produce. 
Traveling on trucks and trolleys loaded with food, bedding and other supplies, the farmers began their march on Tuesday morning after talks with the government failed to yield a commitment on minimum prices for a range of crops. Authorities imposed tight security arrangements in areas bordering New Delhi, with hundreds of personnel in riot gear deployed amid cement blocks topped with barbed wire and shipping containers as barriers in the path of the convoy. Security forces stopped the farmers at the Shambu border that divides Punjab and Haryana, the northern states to which most of the farmers belong, almost 200 kilometers from their destination. And that's today's AgReview. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it kind of looks like it's going to be partly sunny and a small chance of some flurries later on tonight. Yeah, watching around the region, uh, there are some off to the uh, north of us right now, and some of that may drift through during the evening hours, not likely during the day, but close to sunset, and then through the evening, a possibility. Temperature this afternoon around minus 7, very light wind uh, most of the afternoon. It will pick up uh, a little bit tomorrow, but today, tonight, pretty light, most of the time, less than 15 kilometers per hour. We'll drop off, though, to minus 16 tonight. That flurry threat will be mainly in the evening, and cloudiness, while it is... Abundant is not solid. It will not be a mostly, uh, it will not be an overcast sky. It'll be a mostly cloudy sky. And for tomorrow, it's still mostly cloudy. Partial sun may try to poke through. Flurry threat is negligible tomorrow. Once again, uh, toward the evening, we could see a passing flurry and even uh, Thursday night. All of this, that threat uh, this evening, the threat tomorrow evening, likely to produce less than a centimeter. So not expecting any accumulation, maybe just a coating and a little uh, blowing around as the wind picks up for the daytime hours. It really picks up for the daytime hours on Friday. Some early cloudiness starts the day, and then we turn mostly sunny, but the wind increases through the afternoon, 20 to 35 kilometers per hour. And it's a cool day, too, with a high at uh, minus 9. That means the wind chill is down closer to minus 20 through the afternoon. But the warm air, which has been uh, a a feature of our winter thus far has not really gone too far away, and it makes a little bit of a creep back northward for the weekend. We're mostly sunny both Saturday and Sunday. Temperatures around minus 3 or minus 4. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year, minus 7. Normal lows, minus 19. Sun rose in Regina at 8.12 this morning. Sun will set at around 6.14 later today. Taking a look around the province, San Assiniboia, Estevan, and Weyburn, minus 12. Mooseman, minus 13. Saskatoon, minus 10. Swift Current is at minus 11. Yorkton and Melville, minus 14. The warm spot in the province is Maple Creek at minus 7.2 degrees. Cold spot is in Stony Rapids at minus 26.8. In Regina, it's a mainly sunny sky. West-northwest wind at 12 kilometers an hour, humidity at 78%, temperature minus 12 or 10 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 102.5 and rising. In Moose Jaw, part the cloudy sky, west-southwest wind at 17, the temperature's at minus 8 degrees. Again in Regina, mainly sunny, west-northwest wind at 12, the temperature minus 12. Back in a moment. 
Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience, McDougalAuction.com. And Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. A call to Alberta producers is being made to participate in a pilot program this year. Agriculture Financial Services and Alberta Government Crown Corporation is looking for cow-calf producers or those with diverse operations for the project, which will look at how to fully capture input costs under the AgriStability program. This follows a review on AgriStability conducted by Agriculture Financial Services last year, focusing on how to make it more responsive to producers' needs. CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, is aware of the pilot project. This pilot is something that cattle organizations across the country, including ours, have looked forward to. It was announced uh, last year. It's really trying to capture some of the improvements to the agri-stability program that we've been seeking for, for some time. Uh, so it's really no different than uh, the work that's being done on the forage rainfall program here in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Uh, so we're pleased that uh, these pilots are are moving forward to make improvements to these BRM or business risk management programs to make those improvements to make these programs service the livestock sector a little better. Like his counterparts in Alberta, McClellan has heard from producers in Saskatchewan that agri-stability could be better. Uh, certainly with agri-stability, we know that uh, the program has significant shortcomings uh, as it pertains to the livestock sector. It really um, doesn't evaluate effectively those own source uh, items such as own source feed, uh, own source labor. Uh, it really doesn't have the ability to measure those things. So uh, this pilot in Alberta is attempting to uh, to really effectively capture some of those costs that have not, uh, not really been uh, eligible in the past. AFSC's review suggested a possible improvement that could benefit Alberta producers could focus on the limited program eligibility of feed and pasture costs and the significant feed inventory price adjustments during drought. They noted agri-stability only covered a portion of total feed and pasture costs due to different production systems and practices to obtain winter feed and pasture for the cow herd. In Saskatchewan, McClellan noted the program worked for some better than others. It works for some members of, uh, you know, the livestock sector, in particular to the feedlots where those margins are, are a little bit easier to capture. Uh, they're purchasing all their feed externally. Their costs are all kind of accounted for, and that doesn't really take into account the, then the cow-calf sector uh, in particular. And, and even those uh, operations that are mixed operations with grain and livestock, uh, it really fails to capture the margins in those operations. And with a margin-based program, um, that uh, has really, we've heard loud and clear from our, our producers anyways here in Saskatchewan, and, and I know Alberta as well. Uh, the program just isn't meeting their needs. So we're, we're looking forward to the results of this pilot uh, and to any improvements that can be made to this program. Agriculture Financial Services says Alberta producers don't need to be in agri-stability to be eligible for the pilot project, but do need accurate historical income and expense reporting, as well as year-end inventory reporting to show that. Those interested can contact 
AFSC. Coming up on Sask Ag Today, of course, with it being Valentine's Day, I asked some of our guests today what they're planning on doing for this occasion. Sask Ag Today will return right after these messages. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Love is in the air with today being Valentine's Day. Leading up to the occasion, I had the chance to ask around the agriculture sector to see what everybody had planned. First, I asked Emily Taylor, livestock intern at the Ministry of Agriculture, what her plans were. I do not. Just a feedlot school. (laughs) (laughs) Next, I asked Aaron Summerall from Pigbrig, who was on the show earlier. Well, actually, we're in the south, so everything in the south is going to be hinged around crawfish season and and, and seafood. So absolutely, it's going to be it's going to be a, a spread of of just about anything that comes out of the water, I think, is what's going to be on the menu. And CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, who we just heard prior to the break, also has plans. I have an agribition board meeting, and tomorrow I've got one of our SCA board meetings. So uh, it's uh, it's really about getting together with the the people we love the most. Uh, And I'm going to make sure to uh, buy my wife some flowers because uh, I think she'll feel somewhat neglected over the next 24 hours. Just want to say thank you to all the show's guests who took the time and the courage to share their plans this Valentine's Day. I know for myself, after work today, the missus and I will be heading down to Melville for an event, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there, shall we say. Coming up next on Saskag today is the market update. We'll see how the grain prices are doing in early trading. So say not a whole lot of movement. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. The only thing that was down was number one red spring wheat at $5.69 to $302.58 a metric ton. The rest were unchanged. Durham 415.64, feed barley 227.58, canola 555.72, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 60604, lentils 756.50, oats 295.32, yellow peas 419.61, and feed wheat 238.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down 10 cents. At six dollars and sixty-one and three-quarter cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Now here are the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 13th. Our last regular sale was on January 31st. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.25 to $1.45. D3 cows sold from $1.10 to $1.25. 
Counter cows sold from $0.85 cents to $1. Heiferettes sold from $2 to $2.40. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.45 to $1.70. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday. The feeder market was up 10 to $0.20 cents from two weeks ago. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $3.70 and sold up to $4.98. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $4.68 and sold up to $4.80. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged four dollars and 29 cents and sold up to four dollars and 80 cents 500 to 550 pound steers averaged four dollars and 27 cents and sold up to four dollars and 53 cents 550 to 600 pound steers averaged four dollars and five cents and sold up to four dollars and 25 cents 600 to 650 pound steers averaged three dollars and 77 cents and sold up four dollars and 11 cents 650 to 700 pound steers averaged three dollars and 64 cents and sold up to three dollars and 87 cents 700 to 800 pound steers averaged three dollars and 39 cents and sold up to three dollars and 62 cents 800 to 900 pound steers averaged three dollars and 22 cents and sold up to three dollars and 39 cents and steers over 900 pounds averaged three dollars and four cents and sold up to three dollars and 17 cents heifers were 40 to 50 cents back from the steers some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500 pound grasser steers at four dollars and 53 cents a pound a load of 550 pound black steers at four dollars and 24 cents a pound a group of 600 pound exotic steers at four dollars and two cents a pound a group of 650 pound exotic steers at three dollars and 85 cents a pound a group of 700 pound exotic steers at three dollars and 58 cents a pound two loads of 800 pound angus steers at three dollars and 35 cents a pound and a load of 900 pound angus steers at three dollars and 17 cents a pound this has been stephanie digg reporting from the weyburn livestock exchange the market that gets cattle and the prices too the latest pork prices are at $183.82 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Canadian exports of the type of coal that is used to make electricity hit an eight-year high in 2022, even as the Liberals have pledged to work on banning exports completely by the end of the decade. The Liberals made the promise during the 2021 election campaign, and it was listed in Environment Minister Stephen Gibbo's mandate letter that December. In the year that followed, Canada exported more than 8 million tons of domestically produced thermal coal, a 60% increase over 2021, and more than eight times what was exported in 2018. On the markets, the TSX is up 202 points at 20,688. Dow is up four points to 38,277. Oil is down 83 cents at $76.73 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.80 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.